You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Bear prints in the Czech Foreign Ministry, Tinker Taylor Soldier Hacker in Moscow with a side of Humpty Dumpty. Gamer forum data breaches go undetected for 17 months. Credential reuse and the limitations of human memory are seen as a big threat to security. An IBM study throws up its hands over the state of healthcare cybersecurity. And Phineas Fisher, depending on whom you believe, is either under arrest or still at large. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, February 1st, 2017. International conflict in cyberspace raises a few interesting stories today. The latest government to experience what has the signs of a fancy bear visitation, that is attention from Russia's GRU, is the Czech Republic's. The country's foreign minister disclosed that its email system has been illicitly accessed. Foreign Minister Lubomir Zaralik said the intrusion appeared to be the work of a nation-state. He didn't say which nation-state, but he pointedly observed that the incident looked a lot like last year's email doxing of the U.S. Democratic National Committee. General consensus among observers, and there's not much dissent in evidence on the matter, is that it's probably the work of Russian intelligence services. We've seen reports that ISIS information campaigns suggest that the caliphate is beginning to splinter. Whether this foreshadows a terrorist diaspora or tighter centralized control is still unknown, but it appears that the fissures are due to military pressure in the caliphate's core claimed territories. Thus, it seems to be kinetic and not information operations that are hurting ISIS. U.S. Central Command's WebOps information campaign against ISIS is drawing poor reviews from both observers and whistleblowers. Bloomberg characterizes WebOps as a botched operation. Critics allege WebOps has been a slipshod effort marred by indifferent linguistic skills, tendentious self-assessments, and cronyism. The campaign prominently featured engagement with ISIS adherents and potential adherents in social media, but critics see such engagement as defeated by poor mastery of Arabic vocabulary, let alone idiom, by the operators. The FSB officers arrested by Russia are now being officially accused of ties to the U.S. CIA, so there clearly is an espionage dimension to the scandal. That doesn't, of course, rule out criminal corruption as well, especially given the interpenetration of cybercrime and cyber espionage researchers see in Russian practice. 
Bloomberg columnist Leonid Bershidsky wrote about the FSB that, quote, parallel to their official duties, officers often run private data security operations involving blackmail and protection, end quote. Apparently, the online gadflies of Shalte Bote really have put a burr under the Russian leadership's saddle. The bigwigs are particularly exercised over its revelation of discreditable communications among Kremlin insiders. This gives the affair some symmetry with corresponding American uneasiness over the role WikiLeaks has played in shaping public opinion. According to Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, Vladimir Enikeyev, Shalte Bolte's founder, has also been arrested, but hasn't been charged with espionage. An article in the Moscow Times suggests that the incident represents characteristically fierce infighting among security agencies, and that in particular the FSB's Information Security Center may have grown too powerful for the liking of its rivals, and those rivals are now being permitted to purge it. Two of those arrested, Colonel Sergei Mikhailov and Major Dmitry Dugukayev, belong to the Information Security Center. It wouldn't be the first time in Russian history that one intelligence organization has purged another. The news isn't all Tinker Tailor Soldier Hacker. More conventional forms of cyber threat, of course, persist. It appears that personal information of about 2.5 million PlayStation and Xbox gamers have been exposed in a hack of gaming for a Xbox X360 ISO and PSP ISO. The hack occurred in 2015, but its details are just now coming to light. One of the challenges facing cybersecurity professionals is the proper allocation of resources. You've got a budget and a team, but how do you decide how much of those precious resources get channeled toward any particular task or threat? Trustwave just published a survey report titled Money, Minds, and the Masses, a study of cybersecurity resource limitations. And we spoke with Trustwave's Chris Schuler about what they found. The very deep and wide chasm that... Uh you know, CISOs and, and VP of securities have to go fill and, uh, and to get funding to fill all those various voids and gaps. Um, it can be, you know, very expensive. Um, so I think the challenge is uh, what we're seeing, and obviously the report kind of does back it up, is that they're trying to, you know, conquer the, uh, the, the, the achievable, and that's the low-hanging fruit and going after the endpoints, um, going after email, web filtering, um, those are probably the, the heavily, most heavily utilized in an organization. Um, so they're obviously getting funding for those items, but they're not getting funding for the rest of the items. And, and many of those items are the ones that they need probably the most focus on because they're going to find the, uh, probably the nastiest stuff that would, uh, would impact their environment. I was interested to see that the report found that um, turnover was a particular problem. Yeah, turnover turnover has been a very big challenge in the in the industry itself, and, and predominantly, it's because when you look at the skills that are required within IT security, um, you know, it's been a huge evolution for us. You know, as our understanding of you know, the various attacks against organizations, we've quickly realized that there's a lot of positions that needed laser focus um, for those uh, those security challenges. So if you look at Ten years ago, you know, the generic IT security admin or engineer, um, you know, the skill level was, let's say, a level of one to ten. It was a five. And I think what's happened now in the last decade is, as our understanding of the attacks and the way that the you know cyber uh, crime organizations and, and government nation states, you know, they've become 
much more sophisticated. So subsequently, the skills required uh, for the good guys have become, you know, more more challenging, right? So you have people that maybe have entered the security space and, uh, you know, entered it at the lower level and then quickly, you know, directionally saw that they had an expertise in a given area, right? Maybe it's pen testing, incident response, um, deep threat research, and, uh, and the challenge is that a lot of organizations, specifically, um, you know, private organizations, their ability to fund that growth is a challenge for those individuals. So like anybody would do with, uh, you know, a hot and very demanding or high demand skill is uh, they're going to go look out in the market and see if anyone's willing to, you know, pick them up as a threat researcher, for example. Um, and people do. That's Chris Schuler from Trustwave. Cybersecurity in the healthcare sector continues to prompt eye-rolling from industry observers. In the UK, half the National Health Service trusts only scan their web applications for vulnerabilities annually, if that often. Looking at the sector as a whole, IBM offers some despairing lyricism. It's a leaky vessel in a stormy sea. Finally, Spanish police say they've nabbed Phineas Fisher, famous for hacking the controversial lawful intercept tool providers Gamma Group and Hacking Team. But Mr. Fisher has since communicated that he's safe and still at large. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. And now a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. And joining me once again is Emily Wilson. She's the Director of Analysis at Terbium Labs. Um, Emily Doxing, 
You wanted to make the point that doxing is uh, becoming uh, more of a common thing to see online, particularly in your world, in the, in the dark web world. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. You know, doxing has been around for for a long time now. And, you know, when you think of doxing in its original form, what you see is people taking revenge on other hackers or gamers or people in a particular kind of community online. And now this is becoming a, a much more common thing um, being used for, you know, people in the media that you don't like or, or politicians that you don't like or, you know, executives at companies you disagree with. And it's it's become much more fair game. And I think it's no longer it's no longer something that crosses a line, right? This is part of just the normal playbook. I don't like you or you you said something I disagree with. I'm going to expose your personal information. And in some cases, your your spouse and your kids, and here's where you went to high school, and you know here's your next door neighbor. You know this is this is definitely becoming just kind of part of the way things work. And and are you seeing you know sort of a, the availability of doxing as a service, if you will? I think it's interesting. Doxing as a service isn't quite what what we see presented. It's actually more you'll see things where someone will provide a list of targets and say you know, have at them or have fun. And so it's much less, hey, I'm here to dox anyone that you need. That does that does exist. It's much more of a, hey, guys, here's a list of names. Let's have fun. Or sometimes much more personally, you know, uh, this is my ex-girlfriend. Make her life miserable. So rather than having a book club or a, you know, a, ga- a gaming club or something, people get around, come gather around online virtually and uh, come at people for sport. Yes, definitely. And I think in some of these places, you know, in some cases it's groups against other groups. So, you know, here's Anonymous attacking, you know, a a group of, um, you know, a trade association they disagree with. But in some cases it's a group of individuals gathering around another individual for sport. And it's uh, creepy is the word that comes to mind. And from your point of view, you know, monitoring this sort of thing, is there, are there ever indicators where you can, you know, point out to someone, hey, it looks as though uh, there's a group that's starting to gather information on you or heads up or, or, is, this, or, or is it more spontaneous than that? Uh, it depends. Always, always the great answer. It depends. There are definitely times when, uh, you know, a, a group or an individual is making a shift to a new industry or a new interest or a, hey, watch this space. And, and you know what that actor tends to be focused on. So you have a sense. Um, in other cases, it's it's a bit more spontaneous, uh, you know, a, as you can imagine, right, you know, whatever is in the news cycle. So whether it was, you know, politicians during the election or, you know, certain information during the, uh, you know, Dakota pipeline situation or, you know, even law enforcement in the wake of a, um, of a, of a police shooting, for example, you know, there are certain things like that where you imagine this has happened and someone's going to get doxxed. I'm not sure who it is, but there are a few obvious choices. Hmm. All right. Interesting stuff. Emily Wilson, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber.
And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for Cyberwire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The Cyberwire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing Cyberwire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.